welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you once again today. Our wonderful millennial co-host, Gina Pirro, St. Francis College, class of 2017, is with us, as well as our IT expert, Helena Bronkovic. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as how to utilize information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models who take very bold steps in their work lives. March is a very, very special month, with this being Women's History Month, and this week, International Women's Day being celebrated. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. Her name is Allison Kelly-Jones. She's a military veteran, a successful entrepreneur, and author of a wonderful book entitled Measure Twice, Cut Once, Navigating Negativity in Toxic Relationships. Hello and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Allison. Hello, Brother Greg. Good morning, Helena and Gina and the crew. Hello. It is so wonderful to have you with us today, and indeed... What does this great day, International Women's Day, mean to you? Please, Allison. It's literally a day of everything that celebrates the possibilities that women have going forward. Not just in the things we've done already, but how we as women have come into a a period of time that we are being recognized for our global contributions in the world. And I'm so excited that we've had the opportunity to share that today. I couldn't agree more with you, Allison. That was really beautifully spoken. Now, please tell us a little bit about your accomplishments as a female author and entrepreneur. Well, um, as an entrepreneur, I decided that I wanted to make my own decisions I had wonderful mentors along the way, and I knew as an entrepreneur, I would be able to post um, retirement because I'm now retired um, to some degree um, to reach out and coach and mentor other uh, entrepreneurs and business people, specifically business women. Um, It's very important that women are given the tools and resources, the help. Uh, the understanding of their personal and professional power so they can go out and make the decisions that they want to navigate their own careers and their lives for their personal betterment and the betterment of their families and those that they love. So for me, it was a very purposeful, um, very um, open decision that I made that my career trajectory was only going to change when I took complete control of where I wanted it to go. And so that is what motivated me to strike out and become an entrepreneur, taking all the things I'd learned along the way and um, to share them with others. 
with the hope that I can help uh, bring more entrepreneurs into the fold. Wow. Thank you so much, Allison, for the work you've been doing and inspiring us and our listeners today to, like you said, empower ourselves and empower others, as Brother Greg likes to say, sharing the good with other people, too. Um, now, we're really excited to learn more about your experience and the amazing work you've been doing. But just even from what you've shared so far, it sounds like there must have been some challenges along the way. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey and the challenges you've overcome to get here? Well, um, going back to the original question, kind of um, the challenges that I experienced are no different from anyone else. Um, you always have people that will not always recognize your abilities and your capabilities, but you can't let that stop you. That's the thing about challenging ourselves. You will always have doubters, but you cannot be amongst them. Okay, that's very important, is that you understand your personal power, your ability to make things happen. And so for me, the challenges were for both the book and entrepreneurship, becoming vulnerable being open to mistakes, and even in the mistakes, not dwelling on them, but using them as lessons to create a better environment, to become more fluid in decision-making, to become more critical in my thinking. So I think for me, some of the challenges that I experienced was um, having people jump on board and believe in what I believed in, to support me in those efforts because some people, again, they may not believe in your dream the way that you do. And to make sure that I had the kind of support I was going to need going forward with people who were skilled and knowledgeable. And so those were primarily my challenges in both uh, writing the book and in building my brand and my business. Before I forget, Allison, I want to say thank you for your military service to our great country, certainly. And I'm sure that was a great learning experience for you as well. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, Helena's mind, Gina's mind, you are an individual who has persevered. You are a great role model of our Seton Hall motto, hazards at forward, advance despite difficulties. So I'm sure there's many characteristics about yourself that's led you to success, not only as an author, but as an entrepreneur. Share with us, please, some of these characteristics of yourself that have brought about this great success. I would say resilience. And my resilience comes from my faith. I'm a very faith-based person. I believe that the universe aligns things in our favor. I believe the divine in each and every one of us and what we were born into. We all have what I call in my book, good, which is an acronym, G-U-D-E. It stands for God, universe, and divine energy. I believe that each and every one of us possesses it. I think that within that is personal power. And so because of that, I think that I was able to persevere through a lot of my challenges And it gave me, those reminders gave me the resilience to understand that even outside of my own ability and will, there's something greater than me that has something lined up exactly as it's supposed to be. And that message resonates everywhere that I go. Wow, that's terrific. Are there a couple of other characteristics within you that you'd like to share that have been so helpful for your success? 
I think another couple of things would be that I have um, my parents really instilled integrity to be a person of your word. If you say you're going to do something, don't do it in a cursory manner. Don't do it in a manner that is kind of happenstance. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Another characteristic that I think that is really important, particularly for women in business, is to be able to stand your ground in your decision making and to know that it's okay to be challenged. It's okay for people to not understand or see your vision, but it's very important that you hone your skills. You hone your skills to the extent that even when questions come, and they will come in anything you undergo, particularly in business, that you are prepared to answer those questions. And for that, those things you don't know, you defer until such time as you do. But it's really important that you honor your word, that you speak from a place of sound mind, meaning understanding your craft, understanding what you do for a living, your career, your personal life. And that starts with the last thing I would say, and that is an understanding of self. Self-awareness has led me far and beyond any place I ever dreamed I would ever go. This is so awesome, certainly. And naturally, many of the listeners of Thank God for Monday are younger people. Allison, just how important is it for younger people to have self-awareness? It's very important because we live in a microwave society. Everyone is duplicating everyone. Originality has pretty much gone out of the window in many cases. And so we have a generation, unfortunately, right now we're kind of stuck in a position of feeling like they have to assimilate to everything that they see. We overshare, we overcompensate, we over everything, overanalyze. And young people need to understand there's going to come a time in your life. And someone told me this a long time ago. In your 20s, you care what everyone thinks about you. In your 30s, you start to think more about what you think about yourself. By the time you hit 40, you start to care less. 50 and over, you could care less. <laughs> the people and the things that have you so mired down in depression and sadness, I would love to tell young people, if you just move yourself away from it for a little while and detach just for a little while and come into yourself and understand that there's a wealth of love there to explore, so much there for you that your experience as a human being having this experience, we're spiritual beings having an, a human experience. Okay, people need to understand that. The body leaves, but the spirit remains. And so we should spend more time on that spirit force. It'll sustain you far more and far greater than anything else you'll ever, ever encounter. Wow. Allison, thank you so much for sharing this with us. It's so important. And as Helena said earlier, just very beautifully said. Um, now, I was curious if you have any practical tips or advice for how we could increase our self-awareness. Maybe do we take five minutes in the day to sit in quiet? Like, what is it that you do that works? I take all sorts of breaks. So I meditate daily. And this is the thing. A lot of people, when you say meditation, for some people, it's like, ah, not meditation. 
<laughs> but meditation um, practice is not what people think it is. Meditation practice is really getting the control of your thoughts and your breathing. And you can actually take breaks because we all get anxious, particularly we're living in a pandemic. How can you not have some anxiety? Taking moments to just do deep breathing where you center on either your heartbeat or the breathing, the breath that you take. It reminds us in that present moment how human we really are, that if our hearts were to stop, we cease to exist. And in that moment, we're giving appreciation for that muscle. Another thing that I use is gratitude. You see, when you focus on what you're grateful for, it's kind of hard to be ungrateful and sad. When you wake up and you realize today is another opportunity to get it right, it gives you gratitude. When you break bread with someone after being isolated, you know, in a pandemic, and finally you can get out and maybe share a cup of coffee with someone or maybe hug someone, gratitude. It's the small things. Another thing that I use that I think is really important is I don't necessarily believe in merely texting people. I believe that it's important that we rebuild civil discourse and conversation. People are lonely. They're isolated. They feel sad. And when you step out and you ask someone how they're doing, don't do it cursory. Only do it if you mean it and you sincerely want to know. Reach out, speak to people, start to re-engage with your contacts, see how they're doing, share some jokes. And another thing that I employ is I try not to take myself so seriously all the time. I love cartoons. So one of the things that I do when I'm feeling particularly low is I'll turn on some Looney Tunes, some Woody Woodpecker, (laughs) because when I grew up cartoons, they didn't talk. It was all about your imagination. So it's nothing, it's something about seeing Falcon Leghorn or, or Yosemite Sam or something like yeah. that. And it just really brightens my day. I also like to watch like Lucy and Carol Burnett, things like that, comedy sketches. So find places where you can again detach from the hurt and the pain and the incessant, um, dogma and ideologies and just everything that the world is mired in detach, breathe, meditate, be grateful, okay? Make contact with people, actually talk to them, not just text, and then find some joy in something that allows you not to take yourself so seriously. This is all really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing these tips. Clearly it's working for you because you came on this show. It's like such energy. You woke me up. You know, it's it's not even morning where we are right now. Uh, and, and you woke me up. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gina. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So we are, um, you know, really excited to learn a little bit more about your work with um, specifically female entrepreneurs, but all entrepreneurs, you know, and, Could you share with us how your work is currently positively impacting women in Phoenix, Arizona, and also throughout the world? Well, I try to engage people where they are. So in business, you can't always come in as a business manager. My company is Evolution Consulting Services, LLC, and we specialize in people management. And that could be business uh, management, personal management, success management, and coaching, et cetera. I've learned that I can't bulldoze through people and their imagination or their goals and outcomes. 
I have to sit down and actually try and understand what is it you are trying to accomplish, first of all. And so I meet people where they are. Where are you currently? Because you don't know what you, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then we sit down and we try and craft realistic goals and outcomes in a timely fashion that is not overwhelming. Things that allow them to do what they can with the resources that they have while building their network at the same time, because it's very important. Now, one of the things that I find with women entrepreneurs in particular is a lot of times, and this happens not just in business, but in our personal lives, women have two habits that we have to change. One is saying, I'm sorry, so often. We have to stop apologizing, okay? And the second thing is knowing our worth. That's very, very important. Particularly when you're signing contracts, when you're negotiating, when you're setting up fee schedules, whether you are any entrepreneur, but women in particular, I would say you have to know your industry to know how to compete. And so how I help people is to understand how can you become a competitive business owner? How can you become an asset in your community and to your employees? Because no business thrives without happy people in it. And lastly, I try to help people to understand that there is a niche for what they're doing. And it's up to them to create within that niche something that makes them stand out. Because we have choice. We can choose anything. And you want to be the reason that people, you know, bring them in. But what is it about you? And I tell you, going back to one of what we talked about originally, your integrity, your character, your ability to do what you say you're going to do and to reach out not in text, but in conversation. Some of these very same things can be used both personally and professionally. Thank you, Allison. I think you brought up some extremely important points about, about women in business. And because we're so so focused on women, um, what advice can you give to aspiring female entrepreneurs? I would say trust your gut. Trust your gut. You know who you are. We, we women, God's gift of creation, the birth of the world, we need to own that power. And that power is not to be used negatively. That power is not to be used punitively. That power is to realize and recognize that within it is the ability to create and craft whatever you see for yourself. That is what it is. And so what I would advise women who are thinking about entrepreneurship is to find a mentor first. Before you jump in, find a mentor. Don't reinvent the wheel by trying to create all these different things because one of the mistakes I made when I first started my business was I was trying to be everything in that business. Doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, you name it. I was everything. <laughs> and I realized rather quickly I needed people around me who were experts in other areas because I was not an expert in everything. I knew my vision, but I did not know everything needed to create it to be what it needed to be. 
And so with that being said, I would say get a mentor first. Secondly, learn who your competitors are before you branch out, because you don't want to be too closely, you know, offering pretty much the same thing. You don't. So a competitive analysis is very important. And the third thing is to get ready for the ride, because realistically, it is a ride filled with highs and lows, times you want to give up. And the last thing is support system. I call it my four doors or my four walls. My foundation is what I built, but there are four walls. The four walls for me are, one, the person when I walk in the door, that is my mirror. This is the person who keeps me accountable, okay? My wall on the other side is someone who gives me unconditional support and will listen to me and will guide me if I need it. The other wall is a mentor that is always there to answer questions, always available if I'm not certain of something. And then my final wall is God because he has my back. So having the four walls also helps because when you go through those roller coasters of wanting to give up, you're going to need something to tell you to keep going. And we can't always will ourselves to be that person. Wow. That's a really beautiful visualization. Brother Greg, I, I did happen to see you nodding and um, agreeing. Was there anything you wanted to talk about with that? That is just absolutely perfection. I love naturally in particular uh, God as the back wall, supporting, having our back. That is such a beautiful, beautiful uh, illustration to think about, no doubt about it. And Allison, I've noticed that you've mentioned the word mentor uh, a couple times here. Could you tell our listeners what exactly a mentor is? And is it a person that needs to be a lot older than you? Could it be someone closer in age? What, what's, what is a mentor? A mentor is just someone that you trust their ability to tell you the truth and to help you navigate through things that you may be uncertain about. But it comes from a place of deep trust. Um, a coach is someone, people have life coaches. And that's like any other coach, like basketball or anything else. They're there to pull out the best skill in you that you possess. Whereas a mentor is really there to listen, to help you navigate. They're not there to really push your buttons and get you going. A mentor is really there as a kind of a sounding board someone that you trust deeply to speak into your life. Because in mentorship, one of the things that's very important to me, both as someone that gives mentorship and receives it is, it's very important who you allow to speak into your life. We have to be very, very cautious of who we allow to speak into our existence and to our life. So a mentor should be someone carefully chosen. Wow, that's really impactful. Thank you. Now, one of the things that we, you know, hear a lot about is the wage gap, right? And despite legislation, it seems that we haven't necessarily achieved full equality. So mm -hmm. could you tell us, in your opinion, why you think that's the case? Well, without getting too political, I'll say this. There is no profit in a cure. And I do believe that part of this issue with income disparity across the board, not just with women, but in general, 
comes down to legislators who basically don't believe that people who have earned and who deserve to be paid their worth, they have not created enough legislation that backs that um, ability for women and people of color as well to earn what they are worth. And so I believe that it kind of starts there. But I also believe that it, you know, and even in my book, I talk about there's always two sides to a coin. I really believe until women demand in, in, in a micro way, before we go to legislation, we must demand on the level we're at currently to be paid what we're worth, period. An employer needs you more than you will ever need an employer. People need to understand that. Employers do not exist. And that's what the pandemic mm-hmm. taught a lot of employers, I believe. A lot of business owners that did not treat their employees well learned the hard way. So I think for women and people in general, it starts on a smaller level. And one of the things you can do is there are tools like, for instance, salary.com, where you can actually go in by state, by industry, know your industry, okay, and compare what you should be making nationally and demand it. And don't just come in saying, I want to raise. No, 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 no. You come in and you give them reasons why you deserve that raise. And that way, they're either motivated to do what's right, or that signals to you that maybe you've outgrown that organization. But it starts on a micro level first. Demand what you're worth. Wow. Thank you. Now, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about this topic was, um, I think part of it may also be knowing your rights, especially the ones within your state. For example, mm-hmm. in New York State, typically the rule is that employers should not be asking you at an interview what you currently are earning. Um, mm-hmm. And part of the reason, I believe, for that decision was that if you are someone who's historically been making less due to this issue or similar issues, um, you won't get out of that unless employers are being fair in really making um, salaries based on the budget and the position itself, not on what the person um, was formally making in their last job. Absolutely. And, and my background is actually in HR. I was in HR policy for about 20 years. And you're absolutely right, Gina. Um, by law, there are certain things that employers should not be asking. There are specific things that are prohibited by law, like age, et cetera, et cetera. Those are discriminatory practices. Um, employers are pretty much allowed across the board to request a salary um, background from a previous employer to confirm a certain salary range by law. But they are not allowed to specifically say, so did you make 80000 last time because we... Now, this is how I would advise people to kind of get around that. When you're in, inter- in an interview situation, you typically, they will post some salary on an announcement. So I would then tell people, ask the range, because I used to be a recruiter for about 10 years of my career. Ask the range, because even if they're offering you, let's say, $80,000, I guarantee you, 
The range is 70 upwards to 100,000. You need to be able, again, particularly women, to ask for the range. They're offering 80, counter it. There is no organization that does not have something in place to counter it. If they need you, they'll find the money. I couldn't agree more, Allison, with what you've just said, and therefore we've saved the most important question for last. Tell our audience, please, where can they best find your book and how can they best contact you and follow you, please? Great. Well, I am, uh, they can find me on my website, the or the AllisonJones.com. They can find me on Instagram at the same, as well as Twitter and LinkedIn is the AllisonJones.com. Uh, they can get my book, Measure Twice, Cut Once, Navigating Negativity and Toxic Relationships at Barnes & Noble or at Amazon.com. Thank you so much, Allison. So listeners, again, that's Allison Jones. Allison spelled with two L's and her book, Measure Twice, Cut Once. After you've connected with Allison and checked out her book online, also remember to follow us on our Thank God for Monday social media. You could find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Stay connected with us. Perfect. Gene, I can't thank you enough. Helen, I cannot thank you enough. And Allison Kelly Jones, we cannot thank you enough for being our very, very special guest this week of International Women's Day and Women's History Month during the month of March. Uh, we've been enlightened, yes. We've been so inspired. I could run through this brick wall in front of me. I feel I'm so energized right now. Continued success, contribution, and as I said before, what a role model of hazards at forward advance despite difficulties. So as we continue through the pandemic and into 2022 and beyond, just continued great joy of being such a wonderful role model for Gina, myself, Helena, and the rest of the world. Sadly, audience, once again, we're out of time. Gina, Helena, and Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday mornings, just like Allison Kelly Jones says, you'll say, thank God for Monday. <laughs>